0: everybody that's in case eddie gets out of line i can just you know just kidding hey uh, i'm so thankful we have an awesome worship team aren't you Amen. Yes. All right. We get to jump into God's Word. Hey, uh, normally I like to get into a passage of Scripture, a chapter, um, a story, and then we unpack that. Uh, This week and probably the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at a lot of different passages. So uh, for those of you who are here all the time, and this is a little bit different because we're jumping around verse to verse to verse, we'll get back to our normal way of doing things, of uh, exegeting uh, God's Word uh, soon enough. And those of you who are first time, uh, come back and and we'll be back into that normal way of doing things. Uh, but we're in a vision series at the beginning of the year. It's a great time to... Uh, unpack vision and talk about that. We talked about it last week a little bit uh, about getting our hearts uh, ready for whatever God has planned, whatever He has in store. Um, And you know, sometimes when we talk about vision, we're going to get into it more today, but when we talk about vision, uh, sometimes we talk about it from the perspective of what God is going to do, what God's leading us to do. Some big thing, some big goal, some big task ahead of us. We did this a few years ago uh, when we did a complete remodel of the campus, we went through the Renew uh, project, and uh, we believed God was leading us to, to, to renovate and remodel the campus to make it a more usable space, more welcoming space. Uh, we, in order to do that, we felt like God was leading us to raise a whole bunch of money, almost a million dollars, uh, to to enable to, to allow us to be able to do that. And so that was something God was leading us to do. And so sometimes when we cast vision, it's from that perspective. Other times, it's what who is God leading us to be? It's from that perspective of God wants to do something in us, but first he's got to get us to a place where he can use us, and maybe it's a place where he keeps us. We continue to be this kind of people, so no matter what the vision he throws before us, or there is something really big or something really small, we'll be ready for it. That's what you see in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 and 27, where God says that uh, he's going to do a work on them. He says, I will give you a new heart. He's talking to his people um, and he says, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I'll take out your stony, stubborn heart. How many of you would just love if God would take away your stony, stubborn heart sometimes? Like, I know what I ought to do. I know how I ought to live, but doggone it, my heart. Okay, so he says, I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Other, other translations say, I'll take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit, capital S, I'll put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations or commands in some translations here God's revealing through Ezekiel a vision for his people he says he's going to exchange their hearts of stone that are unyielding that are Cold hearts of stone and rather give them hearts that are tender and responsive to him, hearts that are ready for what he has planned. Well, like we saw last week, we really don't have any idea what God has planned. God's plans are way bigger than our plans. If we're thinking this, God's thinking that. If we're thinking this, God's thinking even way bigger. But what we can do is we can be ready. And so what I'd like to share with you today and really over the next few weeks is uh, the vision for 2024 and 2024 and beyond the vision for this year and the years to come and really it's a vision of who God wants us to be And I'll tell you up front, it's nothing crazy or wild, okay? Let me just get a nice exhale from everybody. Okay, you know, we're not changing the name of the church. We're not moving to a new location, anything. You know, it's nothing crazy or wild. For a lot of you, as we unpack this over the next few weeks, parts of it are going to sound very familiar if you've been coming here for a while. Matter of fact, I shared this with leadership team. We've been working on this for a while. And I remember sharing this with leadership team a a, a while back. And one of the, uh, when I got done sharing it, I was all excited about, man, I can't wait for their response. And one of them was like, yeah, so, you know, we've heard all this before, <laughs> and I thought two things. One, yeah, they should have heard it all before because this is what we've been talking about. This is a vision that's really just packaging together everything that God's made us to be over the last uh, several years, even the last few years. And two, this was somebody on leadership team. This is somebody who is is leading in the church and is committed and understands where we're headed and, and what we're doing. Does that make sense? And so. Um, and so that's what this is. This is really a, a codifying of who God has shaped us to be, who our church is, uh, and who we're going to continue to be. And maybe some of this is some things we have to work on being, so that together we can follow God's will. So that together we can be ready for what God has planned. Now, some of you might say, "Well, if we if we already know all this, why do we need to go over it? You know, if it's all going to be familiar, why do we need to you know package this all up?" Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, it's good for all of us to be on the same page, right? It's good for all of us to be on the same page. Um, You know, we're going out to lunch uh, this afternoon to celebrate Bridget's uh, birthday. Her birthday was earlier this week. Everybody say, Happy birthday, Bridget. (laughs) Cool. Um, But we don't have a plan where we're going. We have not decided where we're going. If we all say, Let's go to lunch, and then we each go where we want to go, what are the odds that we're all going to wind up at the same place? Pretty small. You know, I'm going to be at Popeyes. Uh, Cause I, I I'm, I'm, just, yeah, yeah. I promise you, Bridget will not be at Popeyes. Every time we choose that, she's like, oh, fine, Popeyes. You know, but, and we're going to take her somewhere nicer than Popeyes for her birthday. Okay, I do get some things right. And so one, it's good for us to all be on the same page, to know where we're all headed, uh, to be working together for the same goal. Another benefit of, of sharing the vision and packaging it and casting it is that when somebody new comes to this church and they say, hey, what's this church all about? They get to hear. What it's all about. They get, uh, they get clarity. They, we can quickly and easy, easily communicate to them you know, what, the, what the mission of the church is, what our values are, what, what's our strategy for accomplishing the mission, and then how do we measure up? How do we check that? And so uh, that, that's the value of that. So with all of that out of the way, that was a really long introduction. With all of that out of the way, let's look at the vision for 2024 and beyond. And I want to talk about two things today, mission and values. Okay. We're going to talk about mission and values. Next week, we'll talk about strategy. The week after that, we'll talk about measures. But today, we're going to talk about mission and values. Mission, if you're taking notes, if you're following along, if you're a person who likes to fill in the blanks or write things down in your own outline, mission is where we're headed. Mission is where we're headed. It answers the question, you know, what are we doing? We got a lot of people in here who are either in the military or have served in the military, they're retired, and you understand that when you go on mission, you want to know where am I headed, you know? It's not just go fight the bad guys or go do this or you know, you want to know what's the mission, where are we going, what are we doing? That's what mission is. Mission is where answers the question of what are we doing? It's where we are headed. Values are the guiding principles. Values are our guiding principles. Mission says we're going this direction. Values uh, answers the question of what keeps us on track. Now, like I said, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about strategy. We're going to talk about measures, you know. But today, I want to talk about mission and values. And let's start looking at the mission of the church. And sometimes we call it a mission statement. Other times you might have heard it called a purpose statement, even, even a vision statement. Um, And just for fun without looking close your worship guides You can have your notes out but close your worship guides no cheating without looking who here can just raise your hand I won't call on you unless you want to be called on but just raise your hand uh, Who here can tell us what the current mission statement or sometimes we call it the vision statement for our church is Raise your hand if you think you know what it is Got a few hands. All right. Some people might say how many of y'all think it's make disciples who make disciples who make disciples All right, good deal. How many of y'all might say, uh, we've said this before a lot uh, increasing the future population of heaven and decreasing the future population of hell? That sounds familiar, yeah? What about what we went through? We went through Acts for the past couple of years, and over and over and over, we said that, the, that it's all about spreading the gospel and depending on the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, we went, we went through Acts for two years, and we started with that sentence, and we ended with that sentence. We probably could have just said, hey, here's what Acts is about, and then moved on, saved two years, but it was good, right? It was good for me. Okay. Here is the current mission statement or, or vision statement for our church. Develop disciples who impact the world with the good news of Jesus. How many of y'all had that? Raise your hand. Be honest. How many of y'all didn't? How many of you don't want to confess? All right, cool. So we came up with that, with that vision statement, that mission statement, back in, I think it was 2012 or 2013, and it's been guiding us over the last you know, 10 or 12 years or so. And it's a good vision statement. It was what we needed at the time because it's about discipleship. It's about missions, and it's about evangelism. Develop disciples who impact the world with the good news of Jesus. And that's what our church needed to get focused on at that time. Now listen, we're still going to make disciples. Amen? We're still going to support. Let's try that again. We're still going to make disciples. Amen? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) We're still going to support missions and give to missions and pray for missions and go on missions and even send missionaries out. We're still going to evangelize. We're not going to stop any of those things. But we realized a couple of things as we looked at that mission statement, that vision statement. Uh, one, not many people could remember it without some prompting. Matter of fact, when we did this exercise with the leadership team, only one person who was not on staff, uh, Sean and I are only the leadership team, so only one other person out of the eight other people on the team could, could quote the, the, the vision statement uh, by heart. I was really impressed. Uh, she may or may not have been a daughter of a staff member, so, you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> And so, one thing we realized is that not many people could remember it without prompting. And two, we needed something that was not only easier to remember, but easier to understand and live out. And so, with that, let me share with you the mission that we're setting before our church. The mission of our church will be pointing people to Jesus. Pointing people to Jesus. Will you say that with me? Pointing people to Jesus. Let's say it again. Pointing people to Jesus. Now, that's not just a, a, a catchy phrase. It's actually what we see people doing in the, New, in the New Testament. Over and over and over, what we see in the New Testament is story after story of when people have a Jesus encounter, one of the first things that normally happens is they go find someone and they tell them about Jesus. They go find someone and they bring them to Jesus. They go find someone and they point them to Jesus. Jesus. You've got them there um, listed for you. We didn't have space in the outline to, to write them all out, so that's why they're there. You can try to flip through them. I think we have them up on the screen, but uh, one example is Andrew. Andrew pointed his brother to Jesus. It says in John 1, 40 and 41, it says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. And Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. The first thing Andrew did is point someone to Jesus In John chapter 4, the story of the Samaritan woman, you know, she's at the well and she realizes who Jesus is and she goes into town to tell everybody they need to come out to meet him. It says the woman, this is John 4, 28 to 30, the woman left her water jar beside the well, ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. In John chapter 9, I love this example because it's a little bit snarky. There's this guy who's, been, uh, who, who's, who's blind, and Jesus heals him. And the religious leaders keep asking him, how did this happen? How did this happen? And, he's, and we'll listen to what he says. They say, but what did he do? They asked. how did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? They did not like that answer. But, but he, he was pointing them to Jesus in a snarky way. Some of you have the spiritual gift of snark. That's okay um john the baptist in john 3 28 as big as his ministry was of, of, of repentance and of, ba- of baptizing people and, and getting them to get their hearts ready for what god was going to do even he said it's not about me it's about pointing people to jesus john 3 28 he says you yourselves know how plainly i told you i'm not the messiah i'm only here to prepare the way for him and we we looked at uh, paul's life this last year um, and when Paul, you know, God totally turns his life around. He went from trying to destroy the church and arrest and execute Christians uh, to then going all over the world proclaiming the good news, proclaiming the gospel. Paul's life became about pointing people to Jesus. Look at what Jesus says uh, to, I think this is to Ananias there in uh, not Acts nine fifteen. But the Lord said, go. He's sending him to Saul. He says, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. God totally turned his life around, and when he did, he said, your life is going to be about pointing people to Jesus. Guys, that's what we see over and over and over in the New Testament is people, when their lives were changed by Jesus, they began pointing people to Jesus. And so when we think of the mission of our church, when we think of where we're headed, when we think of what God has in store for us, We're going to be a church that's headed down the path, being a a people who are headed down the path of being people who point people to Jesus. And here's the cool thing. You don't have to be weird to do that. You might already be weird, and that's okay. You can just stay weird, but you don't have to be a weirdo Christian to point people to Jesus. You can do it through just normal and natural conversations that you have with people. You can do it through the example of how you live your life. You can do it by just a, a simple a word of encouragement to them. Say, hey, you know, when they share something going on in their life, when they share a burden, and by the way, don't be surprised. If people know that you're a Christian, if they know that you love Jesus, don't be surprised if you're one of the people they come to and they share a, a trouble or a burden or a struggle in their life because what they might be hoping that you say is, I'll pray for you what they might be hoping is that you know what this is somebody who when they deal with troubles when they deal with struggles when they go through hardship they don't seem to melt down and fall apart i want to go to that person and ask you know what the what the secret is but they don't want to ask or they just share something with you and that's an opportunity for you to be an encouragement to speak a kind word even just to listen and to let them know hey listen i'm lifting you up and you can be pointing people to Jesus. There's all sorts of ways that we can do that. My hope for me and for you is that we will be a people who no matter what else we do in life, no matter what else we accomplish, no matter what else we achieve, that we will be people who are pointing people to Jesus. I pray that at the end of our lives that we will look back and we'll see that our greatest achievement was that others came to know Jesus because in big ways or small, we were pointing people to Jesus. Now, that's the mission. That's where we're headed. That's where I'm headed. I hope you'll go with me, okay? And here's the deal. we, we uh, Some of you, you're already there. You're like, I'm there, preacher. I've been doing that. Great. Some of you, you're like, okay, I get that. That's something I can get behind. Others, you might need some time to warm up to it. That's okay. But this is the direction we're, we're setting for our church. This is the direction we're setting for everyone in our church that will be people who are Pointing people to Jesus. Now, that's easy to say. That's easy to put on a T-shirt or a coffee mug and just say, okay, we're done. We're pointing people to Jesus. What's next? What it takes, what it takes is living it out. What it takes is staying on track with this. What's going to keep us on that? Well, that's our values. That's our guiding principles. And I had to dig this out of the closet. When Drew was, how old were you when you were in 4-H and doing archery? Seven, eight, young, Older? Thirteen? Wow, okay. Well, when Drew was little, (laughs) <laughs> he he started off in 4-H, and he did archery. You got to start off in archery. Then after archery, you can do, I think it's air rifle, and then you can do shotgun, and then you can do muzzle loader. That was really cool. I had my own little Elmer Fudd walking around the house, you know. But he started off in, in archery, and um, somebody used an arrow to explain vision and, uh, or excuse me, uh, mission and values to me. And I thought, you know, this would be a good illustration for you guys. One way to understand mission and values. Mission is like the point of the arrow. Wherever you point this arrow and and let it go, that's the direction it's headed, okay? So mission is where we're headed, okay? It's the point. You could even get more elaborate and see that this point is a target point. So you're not going to kill anything. You might anger it, but you're not going to kill anything with this target or with this target arrow, you know. Uh, but if it had a broadhead point or a point that was really long and had lots of little jagged edges, you would know, okay, this, this is a hunting arrow. and So that tells you what kind of arrow it is and what it's for. Am I belaboring the illustration too long? I'm going to move on. So the point is where we're headed. That's, that's mission. Down here on this end, though, you've got these little fins. Nicer arrows have feathers, okay? What's the official word for this? Is it fletching? There we go. All right, cool. Somebody said something else. I'm just going to keep moving on. But this is what keeps it on track. If you don't have these little fins or feathers on your arrow, when you release it, it might start off in the right direction, but it's not going to go where it needs to go. This is this is what values are. Values are our guiding principles. And like I said, values is, that's who we already are, okay? Values are not uh, aspirational, okay? They're, they're not who we want to be. They're who we Really are right now. They're what we what we're known by. It may be what others see in us, and maybe what we see in ourselves. But these are the things that uh, that that guide us and keep us on track. Now, when I first came here. Um, we had a list of values out in the lobby. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but it was a banner about five or six feet tall, and there were 21 values on that banner. And and I just thought, man, that's too many. I knew from some training I had been through that your values should be somewhere between three and five, maybe four and six tops. And we had 21 values. It's like that's too many. The second thing I thought is, you know, we're 22nd Street Baptist Church. Why can't we get to 22? You know, if you got 21, make the 21st, the 22nd one exhaustive thoroughness or something like that. I don't know. All right, all joking aside, let me let me go through some values with you that your staff and your leadership team, uh, and, and even the leaders of your church. We've gone over this and, and, and have worked through and narrowed down to these five values. And we went through this exercise where we started off making a list of all the possible values we could think of. And we came up with about, you know, a couple of dozen, you know, values. And then we said, okay, We got to get it down to somewhere between three and five, maybe four to six. So let's narrow this down a little bit. And so we trimmed it down, and then we went through the process again, and we added some more, and then we kept trimming it down. And some of them overlapped, and some of them we said, you know, hey, it's a good value, but it's not really what we're living by. It's what we wish we were living by. And so we got it all down to these five things, these five traits of our church, these five guiding principles that are going to help us uh, stay headed in the right direction as we pursue the mission of pointing people to Jesus, all right? Let me just go over these with you. These are five values of our church. One is biblical authority. Our lives are centered on God's Word. Our lives are centered on God's Word. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to for my path. One of the things I love about our church is this is a church that believes God's word. God's word is true. It is 100% accurate, infallible. Uh, it it is it is perfect for guiding us and for living our lives lives by. This church believes God's word. We value God's word. We teach God's word, and and we strive to live by God's word. We don't always get it right, but we try. Right, right, okay. And so that's why this value is listed first, because God's word truly is a light that keeps us headed in the right direction. You know we live way out in Corona, Day, Tucson, and when I leave here, uh, especially like on a Wednesday night or some other time uh, during the week if it's nighttime, uh, one of the things I always find funny, well, maybe not funny but just interesting is, and you've probably seen this too, is people driving with their their headlights off. You know they don't realize it. You know maybe they got the little driving lights, but they don't have any tail lights on. They don't have their main headlights on. And as long as you're like say heading down Cole Road uh, and you got street lights on and you got cars driving around you, you don't really notice that your lights aren't on. But man. When you get to where Cold Road goes through the base, it gets dark, and people suddenly realize, "Oh my goodness, I'm driving in darkness." And, and you know, and and they realize they they don't realize their need for the light until they get in the darkness. Guys, I don't want that to be us. I don't want us to be going through life just relying on the uh, you know other people walking with God. We each need to have the light of God's word guiding our steps, step by step, day by day centering our lives on God's word, letting it be our authority, a light that guides us and guides our church. That's the first one is biblical authority. Second value is prayer. Prayer is the work. I didn't come up with that statement. I heard it from somebody years ago. We don't pray for the work. Prayer is the work. I love that. Another pastor said, when I work, I get things done. But when I, when I pray, God gets things done. Guys, prayer is, is the work that's what jesus modeled very early in the morning mark 1:35, very early in the morning while it was still dark jesus left got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed i love that we are a praying church we pray because we don't want to do our will we want to do god's will we pray because we want to seek god's will and find out lord what do you want us to do that's what jesus did a number of times he says i only do what the father commands me to do And the way he found out was by spending time in communion with the Father through prayer. We pray so that God will get the glory when he does God-sized things. Prayer is the work. Third, Third is relationships. Now, those first two, these next three are really in no particular order, but those first two are. Okay, biblical authority and prayer, that comes first. These next three... You could jumble them up, okay? Uh, Relationships. We are created to connect. God made us to be relational people, to connect with him, to connect with one another, other believers, other Christians, and also to connect with people who are not yet believers so that they can become believers and they can become part of this one another, okay? That's that's what Paul's talking about when he referred to the church as a family in Ephesians 2.19. He says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. He's saying you're no longer outside the club, okay? Instead, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Guys, that's what we are. We are a family. We're members of God's family, one of the things I love about this church is how y'all live that out. Y'all are a warm and welcoming people. When we have membership class, by the way, we have membership class next Sunday after church. If you want to find out what does it mean to be a member of this church, that's your first step. That's your next step in, in, in joining here. But when we, take, when we do membership class, I'll ask people, what got you to move from uh, sitting in worship, attending, to wanting to be a member? And over and over, we get all sorts of answers, but over and over and over, the number one answer we get is how friendly people were. How many of y'all have been greeted by me or somebody and I say, hey, welcome. You know, welcome, Gavin. Uh, This is, uh, this is zenin and zenin's gonna pretend to be friendly to you today. How many of y'all you've heard me say something? Like, I do, because sometimes we need to pretend to be friendly. Let's just be honest, but other times we really wanna be friendly. We just need a little mm, prompting. And sometimes you're just naturally friendly and warm and welcoming. My hope for us is that every single person who gets who comes here gets at least one friendly smile saying, Hey, we're glad you came today. And hopefully it's not just for me. Amen? Amen. But it's more than just that surface level friendliness. I can't tell you the number of stories I've heard of you guys in your connect groups, reaching out and caring for one another. Uh, Even outside of that, just relationships you have of of being there for somebody. Sometimes it's sitting with somebody while they have a hospital, uh, while they have a surgery, and you're there before the surgery starts, and you stay there in the waiting room till the surgery's over. Sometimes it's bringing food to them. I mean, we're Christians. We don't know what else to do but pray and bring a casserole, right? But we're going to do that. We're going to be there for people. And so you guys, truly, truly live out what it means to be family. Jesus said, I think it's John 13, uh, he said the number one way that people are gonna know you're my disciples, I think it's 34 and 35, it's not in your notes, so correct me if I'm wrong later, but not right now. Uh, He says the number one way that people will know that you're my disciples is that you show up for church every week. No. Is that you wear a Christian T-shirt? No. What is it? That you love one another. That's the number one way that everybody outside is going to see that everybody inside might be weird, you know, but, they're, but they love each other. Okay? That's what it means. We love each other through our relationships. Uh, number four, or the, the fourth one there, is generosity. We have a gratitude that gives. We have a gratitude that gives. Guys, this, this is a generous church uh, you guys give at at a at a really high level. You give to not just support the ministries of this church, but to support missions outside of it. Um, you know what's more. You, you're doing it out of, out of gratitude, out of humility. You're just doing what God's given you the ability to do. First Chronicles 29, 13, and 14. This is David uh, as the people have gathered a big offering to be able to uh, get ready to build the temple that Solomon's gonna build. Um, David says this, oh God, we thank you and praise your glorious name, but who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. It's just this attitude of gratitude and humility. Second Corinthians, Paul's writing this uh, to the church there in Corinth. He says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully generosity is definitely one of the traits of this church it's one of the values of this church and i would even say cheerful generosity uh, is is one of our values we are blessed to be a blessing we have a gratitude toward god that he's given us uh, for what he's given us that just leads us to be cheerful givers and then finally excellence final value that uh that that we came what that we came up with or we 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 agreed on is that is excellence that we give our best always we just we give our best always, and it's because we're not get, we're not working for this church or one another. Rather, it's what Colossians three twenty three says: work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people few years ago uh, somebody made an observation about our church they said you know it's a it's a church of uh 200 that acts like it's a church of 2000 and they didn't mean it as an insult they were just you know saying what we what we do is in all the things we do we we kind of go over the top you know we do more than the church our size uh ought to try to do and and I, I took that as a compliment, you know, that we try to do things at a level that's beyond you know our size and, and capacity. But it all goes back to the, the value of excellence that we give our best in all that we do. So as you look at those values, take a look and say which of these do you resonate with? Resonate with which of these do you click with? And you say yeah, I can see that. I can see that in our church. I can not pridefully, but I can see that in me. I, I, I you know maybe put a little check mark beside that, or underline it, or circle it, or whatever. But then, as, as we've talked about these, as we looked at them, which of these do you say? You know what? I probably got some room to grow in that area. I probably got some room to 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 let God grow me in this place. Let me close with this real quickly. Uh, Saturday morning after men's breakfast, I had to go walk off the uh, the really good men's breakfast that we had—big uh, old sausage and biscuits and gravy and eggs i can't even remember it was it was a lot and i was like i need to go walk so i went for a walk uh around my neighborhood and then out into the desert uh trails that go around our neighborhood and as i was walking my neighbors right around the corner i, I noticed um there's just a group of my neighbors um all in their pajamas, which was kind of weird, but they're all in their pajamas, and they're standing in the driveway, and there's like three or four sets of parents, and several kids, and the garage door's open, and they're sort of huddled up around something, and as I walk, I'm, I'm looking, and I notice what they're, what they're huddled up around, or what they're probably meeting about. There's like two pallets, two pallets full of Girl, Girl Scout cookies in their garage, and I was like, oh, it's a Girl Scout family. They're having a, they're having a meeting to figure out how are we going to sell all of these Girl Scout cookies. And so as I'm walking by, I pop out my earbuds, and I was like, hey, when do y'all start, when do y'all start selling? And I couldn't get two steps before Dad said, right now, right now. <laughs> I loved that. I absolutely loved that. They were there. They were meeting for a purpose. They had a mission, sell cookies. That is it. We're not collecting cookies. We're not taking pride in how many cookies we got. We're not taking inventory of all the different types of cookies we got. They wanted to sell cookies. And they had a value, whether they realized it or not, they had a value that was expressed, which was always ready. You know, as soon as as somebody's, oh, we'll sell cookies, but you got to come buy cookies on Sunday between 11 and 12. Woo, hang on. All right. So I, I love it. These families, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch and see. I, I, these families are going to sell a bunch of cookies. They knew their purpose, and they were ready on the spot to accomplish the purpose. Guys, what if that was us? What if that was us? What if that was this church? What if that was every believer? What if when we gather as a church, we do so because we know we have a purpose And we all know the purpose. And we leave here ready to accomplish the purpose. That's what mission and values help us do. Whatever the the vision God sets before us, the mission and values help us do that. That's why we're casting this brand new vision for 2024 and beyond. And next week, like I told you, we're gonna look at strategy. Strategy is, okay, how do we do it? And then the week after that, we're gonna talk about measures. Okay, when are we successful? But for today, my hope for us, not just as a church, but for every person who calls this church home and maybe will call this church home, is that we will say yes. We will say yes to pointing people to Jesus. Will you pray with me as our worship team comes up and gets ready to lead us in a song? Father God, you, you are God. You are God in heaven. You reign supreme. And Lord, there I just confess, there have been times where we've come up with plans and we've come up with ideas and we've come up with strategies and things that we think are, are great. People have done that all throughout church history. But every now and then, God, you get us to a place where we just say, God, we just want what you want. And we just want to be a people you can use. And so, Lord, I pray that's what this season is for us, that we will be a people who say yes to you, that we will be a people who say, yes, God, we want to point people to Jesus. And we want to see more and more people make it into heaven and less and less people headed for hell. And we do want to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And we do want to expand and and spread the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit and prayer and dependence But, God, we realize that our part in that is pointing people to Jesus. So help us say yes to you in that. In Christ's name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen.